Well, good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, ambassador of 805 Connect and your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University's School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and continued encouragement. Thanks to our podcasting partner, Polstring Press, for this great studio, and to Patrick, my co-host. Hey, Patrick. Hi, Mark. I think I got the music right this time. Yeah. I feel good. I love that. Yeah. It's it's all about that nice lead-in. And our guest today is Michael Panessis, the executive director at the Center for Entrepreneurship at California Lutheran University. Good morning. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Thanks for making the drive up. No, no problem. I love coming up here. Now, you used to run the TMP program at UCSB for how many years? I was the program manager. I, I ran the new venture competition for three years. And so, and, and you live in Camarillo. Camarillo, yeah. And so you were commuting up here. Every day. So thanks for wow. making the drive. Oh, it, it's not a problem. You know, it's, it's funny. I, we moved out here from New Jersey 15 years ago huh? for a startup in Santa Barbara. What, what startup was that? Web ALG. was okay. a spin-out of Automotive Lease Guide. Yep. And um, it was right at the end of the dot-com bubble. We weren't sure how long it was going to last right. and decided to, to locate in Camarillo. Uh, fast forward 15 years, I've commuted up to Santa Barbara most of my career. This uh, new gig at Cal Lutheran is a first for me, working in the other direction. I love that. Uh, and also, um, uh, Panessis is Greek. 100%. 100%. Yes. As I'm fond of saying, it, uh, to me, my big fat Greek wedding is a documentary. It's not, <laughs> it's not a comedy. <laughs> Accurate representation. And yes. my, uh, my wife's grandmother lives down in Leisure Village in Camarillo, and we, we've got our, you know, that anchor down there with the with the EDC and we drive by that Greek church you you, you mm -hmm. were a, were you a big part of that I, I was a part of it St. Demetrius yeah it was a long time in coming we were at the Camarillo airport in the old chapel from when it was an air force base for 25 years mm. and um, we outgrew it and uh, it took a while to raise the money to uh, to build that building on Wood Creek and Santa Rosa Road yeah, it's beautiful yeah they're, they're the master plan is for two more that's actually going to be the small building. Now, do you have some kind of annual event where there's food involved? Uh, I'm glad you asked. The Ventura County Greek Festival. And, and, and you'll send me an invite. I absolutely will. Um, VCGreekFestival.org. Okay. Uh, in fairness, there's there's a wonderful Greek festival in Santa Barbara as well that St. Barbara's puts on. Been but, doing that for years. But ours you, is better. You can go, but you you can go to both, right? You can go to both. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. There's enough euro to go around. Euro and taverna is always a popular uh, booth. Uzo. Ah uh, yes. Oh God, we we um. I <laughs> Mark just got so, hungry. <laughs> well, see, if, I mean, you know I'm a chef, and yeah. so I love talk. I mean, I can talk about food. It's the thing that. It, binds us all together, yeah. and I uh, run a gentleman's dining club, and we did Greek. We did a deep dive into Greek several months ago, yeah. and I spent a whole month studying the cuisine, so that's why I knew you were coming in. It's oh, like, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. W what did you make? Um, we made um, spanikopitas, but we made the little ones, and we did everything from scratch. I didn't yeah. roll out our, our own filo. Yeah. Um, I did uh, avgolimono. Which is the that. the lemon soup, which yeah. is uh, spectacularly yeah. delicious. We did a a traditional Greek salad, and of course we did lamb. Uh, we did a rosemary basted lamb, and then the dessert. 
I'm, I don't remember the dessert offhand, but I what I tried to do with the guys, it's five dishes with five ingredients with five steps. So it's easy for our reptilian brain oh, nice. uh, to, to do that. And that cuisine is it's so uh, similar to Santa Barbara that it's, you know, it's great. But I've taken us completely off track. <laughs> this is good, though. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> Let's go to lunch. We'll yeah. come back. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you, you have been supporting entrepreneurs and startups. And, you know, I've been, you know, my first business when I was 12. Guys like that. Um, for your, you know, since you've been here, mm-hmm. right? And just a little bit about you, you, you know, the Center for Entrepreneurship down in, um, in Westlake, you're running that operation, you helped up here. What is it about being around guys like me and now younger, the 20-somethings, that just keeps you going? There's an excitement about, about the, the risk-taking, about... Um about about taking an idea and making a business out of it and all of the, the the having to think on your feet and and pivot when things aren't going right and uh the um the 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 joy of achieving something i i started out as a software engineer and really yeah years and years ago but, but my your and and the first dot com i ever my my entrepreneurship my entrepreneurial journey started when I was 40, when we moved out mm-hmm, here. I mm. had been, I'd worked for AT&T, I'd worked for Deloitte and & Touche, and consulted to big companies. But um, that that feeling that that someone likes your software so much that they're willing to pay for it mm-hmm, is, is an inc- gives you an incredible sense mm-hmm, of, of satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been an IT executive a couple of times, and, and I enjoyed that, but it wasn't the same as someone willing to pay. <laughs> Right, exactly. That when when you solve that problem in such a way that they're compelled to to do that, right, and then they're followed by testimonials. That's, I, I love that when when someone just out of the blue writes you and says thank and just says thank you. Yeah, you, you've solved this problem. You've you've changed everything for me. And I think that's what what keeps us going is that someone um, validates our mission. Yes. One of the things that you do is you help coach these young businesses to a phase which is like a pitch competition. Mm-hmm. There was recently one for nonprofits here in Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at one in San Luis Obispo, Tech Pitch. Um, you run pitches. You've run pitches. The uh, New Venture Competition, NVC, out at UCSB. What is it about that process that is so successful and why we keep doing it? I, I, I think what's so successful about it is is being an entrepreneur is not it's not something you have to be experienced at. It's something mm. where you can learn along the way. In fact, even experienced entrepreneurs learn from their customers along the way. And, and the mechanics of, of learning to start a business uh, are, are not that complicated. So you can be young and start a business. In fact, I, I prefer working with young entrepreneurs because they're ignorant. Uh, mm. That's why they go to school. Well, well no, it's, it's better than that. They're, they don't know what's not possible, so they, right. so they do it anyway. <laughs> right. Uh, right. And um, it, it's fascinating to watch. I, I'm also an angel investor, and, and I, I, I very much enjoy when 
especially if it's 20-somethings, they call me and they tell me, we're thinking about doing this. What do you think? And I say, you're out of your minds. That's not going to work. And then they do it anyway, and it works. <laughs> <laughs> it, and, and I'm very happy. So They're who very learned happy. something that time, right? Exactly. exactly. Well, but, but you obviously also have just as many calls where, where it doesn't work out. They right. don't, it doesn't pay off. Yeah. Right. And, and that, that's, a, that's the acid test of whether you're an entrepreneur or not. Can you take a hit? Can you take a hit? Do you agonize over it? Do you feel bad? Or do you get back up, dust yourself yeah. off, and try again? And, and a couple of years down the road, even laugh about how big yeah. a crater you left. I'm a fan <laughs> of the way so. Steve, that's what Steve, Steve Blank taught. I'm a big fan of the way Steve Blank teaches entrepreneurship, much of which he picked up from the Santa Barbara community. But um, Really? Yeah. Steve even... Um, Steve even recognizes especially Frank Robinson. Yeah, of course. Uh, he was, we were his seventh customer. You were. At Wayfront. Yeah, and, and Steve, um, Steve acknowledges. Steve teaches. Steve, had crea- he, he set off, in, in a lot of ways, a, a wave of interest in entrepreneurship on college campuses. And he kind of crystallized the, the, the way that they start businesses in Silicon Valley a, a, a cornerstone of which is get out and talk to your customers right. even before you have a product. Before you write mm-hmm. a line of code. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and he got that. He he credits Frank as being one of his influence. Steve Steve is very honest about I steal from the best. Sure. And in return, you can steal from me. They say success leaves clues. <laughs> That's right. right. But he um, he credits Frank with um, with. Uh, with with being a, a, an important influence in in the way that he defined, he calls it the lean launch pad. Lean. So is that a, a trademarked thing of his? It's a, it's I I'm assuming it's trademarked. Uh, if you go to steveblank.com, he he talks all about it. He he wrote a book called the the startup owner's manual hmm. uh, about um, the approach that you take to go to starting a business. I have so much I want to talk about, <laughs> um, but one of them is uh, to that. You know, you go and you ask someone, and then you prov- you go and do your own thing anyway. Right. You kind of wonder why people ask. But I would always say, because I'm that guy who's asking, that Einstein said, is there a 1% chance that I'm right? Mm-hmm. And so, okay, I'll give you 1%. I said, good, great. Uh, it's kind of like the guy climbing up El Capitan. You know, he's right. got how much of a handhold or toehold does he have? And it's the entrepreneur who says, yes, I can do that, right? I want to talk about a lot of things related to entrepreneurism, but when we talk about the viability of an idea, it's not even a business yet. It's, mm-hmm. it's just the viability of an idea. We focused a whole TEDx on this, by the way. Okay. I wanted to understand when that spark hits you, what do you add to it to turn it into something? And I think there's four things to look at, the commercial viability, the technical viability, the management by the, the ability of the team to make it happen, and then the financial viability. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put all that in a buck, so bucket so we could make a checklist, a matrix of let's check against that. Okay. Versus a cult of personality. Mm-hmm. And when you say, God, I'm going to bet on that guy. Right. Yeah, all the numbers. Yeah, we'll look at all that. But I'm going to bet on the guy. Or the gal. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) 
Thank you very much. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. No, I just sorry, I was picturing a different. Right. I was picturing a different person when you were holding your hands up and you're yes. like, I'm gonna bet on the and I'm I'm like gal and you went, guy and I was like, oh, that's weird. Guy, <laughs> guy in a gender in a gender neutral sense. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. exactly. The royal guy. So, um, why don't you speak to that for a second? Because uh, the person who's listening right now mm-hmm. might have that great idea, or they're already in the middle of that. Where do you put the chips? Is it on the fundamentals, or is it on personality? Yeah. yeah. So, it's not an or, it's an and yeah. or. And on the rare occasion I go to Las Vegas, I, I'm not the type to put all my money on a number on a wheel. Yeah. I, I've actually got, gotten kind of fond of roulette because it reminds me a little bit about start, uh, startups. Oh, because oh, you, kinda, yeah. you put uh, the chips on the edges yeah, and you don't yeah. have to bet on one number. Right. Huh. Um, the people are very important. A track record is certainly very important. Uh, but I've seen very, very successful serial on- entrepreneurs fail spectacularly. And I've seen very inexperienced entrepreneurs succeed spectacularly. So it's partly the person. It's partly the idea. The, the conventional wisdom right now in the way we teach entrepreneurship is that the idea it doesn't matter. Start somewhere. Start talking to who you think your customers are. And it will eventually lead you to a place where you can you can have a business. I I I don't agree with that. I think that the idea oh. is very important. Right, right. Yes. And that that first person, the successful entrepreneur, ha- over time, it's also something that generally you you develop over time, sees something that no one else does. Hmm. And is that, that vision? It's it's vision. It's it's also a, an awareness of your environment, and and it's a, it's an ability to take the way the way people see the world and and to see it a little differently. I, th- my, my favorite quote. This is a, a J.R.R. Tolkien quote: hmm. "Is not all those who wander are lost." Hmm. So someone who takes an interest in something that may not be popular, it may not seem lucrative. Uh, and, and runs with it is is the type of person who becomes successful, and it's not always clear. So then, can we say that it's the journey is as important as that goal? Yes, and and uh, seeing our seeing yourself as an entrepreneur for your entire life, and not your career, not one business, your entire life as as using it as a way to live, uh, not not just business, but but. Um, but understanding you have a social responsibility and that uh, it's incumbent upon you to leave the world in a better place than you found it. Uh, And what I mean by that and why I think entrepreneurship is such an important part of that is social entrepreneurship is an important topic. And it's it's new. It's new. But I also, I speak to a lot of students who believe that making a profit is the root of the evil in the world. Which is a hallmark of the digital native. Yes, and, and I and I think that that uh, there is a certain truth to that, but it's not about the money; it's about the person, and that a person who has morals and values, and uh, feels an obligation to leave the world in a better place than 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 they found it, will do the right thing once they make the money. There is no better mechanism to growing a business than the profit motive. And I tell this, I tell this to students who want to start, who want to start a nonprofit startup, is that's not the place to start. Start with something where you can make money. Once you have the money, you have power. And it's then incumbent upon you to use that power and to use that mm-hmm, money mm-hmm, to do good. Mm-hmm. But accumulating it, there's no better way than making a profit. I 
was introduced to um, Ambassador Gewurz, who hmm. was our ambassador to Fiji. He's passed away several years ago. And he invited me to lunch on mm -hmm. his veranda. Oh, and, nice. Um, he you know, wanted to hear my whole story, and it, that was during the Wavefront days and software, and you know, for me it wasn't about the money, and mm -hmm. but I was making money. You know, so it was like it wasn't about the money and all of that. And at the end he said, um, I get it that you're not motivated by the money, I t I, and right. I understand that. And I'm going to tell you why you need to go out and make a stupid amount of money so that you can give it away and do good stuff with it. Mm -hmm. And I, I never really, he, he reframed my relationship to it, much like you're saying right now. Yeah. No, it, it, you know, the, the guy, I've never met him. I have all the respect in the world for him. I think as time goes on, people forget his name, the, the founder of eBay, Pierre Amidar, yep. who, who sold the company. Longtime Tedster. Left with a lot of money, and now he, he does a lot of good. He does. And um, he's chosen to live his life differently. It's not to say, you know, I can remember when Bill Gates was, was absolutely pilloried for not giving any of his fortune away. And, and another, I don't know Bill Gates, but I, just from observing him, it seems like he can do one thing at a time and only one thing at mm -hmm. a time. And for the first part of his, his life, that one thing was Microsoft. Mm -hmm. And then when he finally decided to step back, it was bridge. It was bridge. He played bridge competitively well, yeah, 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 for with, like with, two years. Yeah, and Warren Buffett influenced him too. Yeah. And and then I'm sorry, I didn't mean yeah. to jump in on no, that. No, no, that's okay. Yeah. But but it's it's that uh, I don't think you could. One of my favorite movies of all time is Witness. Mm. Harrison Ford mm -hmm. from a long time ago. The where Amish. He ha hangs out on a in an, yeah. on an Amish farm, and it, it's something the grandfather tells his son, or his grandson at one point, that you can't look into a person and see whether they're good or bad. Hmm. And you have to give them the benefit of the doubt at some point. And, and, and I think that for, for someone like that, you, it just took time for him, for him to, to, to do good. And I mean, he's doing good in a way that, that has the potential to change the world. On global scale. Well, anyway. him and Melinda, I mean, I think- what Well, her, that's the other thing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's probably just as much Melinda her as- Her architecture Bill, yeah. inside of there, yeah, yeah. Has, been, has been fantastic. Yeah, but what a great example. Yeah. Can I ask a question Please. Sure. about entrepreneurs? So um, part part of what you were saying was was developing a, a, a vision and understanding of, of filling a gap or understanding socially what's going on and how not 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 about the, the mm -hmm. revenue, but but as an entrepreneur, you're looking at the market and you're saying, I want to enter the market. I want to add something to this. I want to create a business. And and as you're describing that person who needs to be socially aware, who needs to be a good um, you know researcher and talker and, and out in the world, and I think, boy, that is that is contradictory to to I don't know that every and then also you have to be really tech savvy or mm -hmm. really market savvy or really business savvy, right? And I think how how is that all one person as opposed to like is that a team of people like that entrepreneurial spirit seems like well, but you also need to know a coder, you need to know a Wozniak if you're going to be yeah. gay, uh, jobs. So I, I have a good example of that right right here in Santa Barbara. Salty Girl Seafood? Salty Girl Seafood. Okay. You've heard of them? Sure. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. So the two, two Bren School students, um, lots of experience. They, they actually have experience working on Alaskan fishing boats and came to Bren to sort of feel – get a feel for what, right. what they wanted to do. And, and at the time, I was at UCSB at the time, and we had this succession of brand students who, who wanted to be nonprofit, really, really were passionate about making a difference. And Salty Girl was one of the first teams that said, all right, we think we've, we've found a business problem that needs to be solved. 
Uh, it has huge social impact, but we think we can make money at it too. Uh, so it started with, with Nora and Laura, yep. and they brought uh, uh, Gina Oriema, Gina, from uh, f- her, a fellow classmate. Uh, and they, they've in t- they, then through their UCSB experience, they had a lot of trouble raising money. And it was mm. partly because they, they, going back to guys and gals, uh, most of the investors in the audience were older White guys. They didn't look like who they. They didn't they look, did like not look like they had been a on younger a, version on of Alaskan them. fishing boat right. ever. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so so through uh, TMP they met Craig Cummings. And Craig Craig is a Santa Barbara resident, longtime mentor at UCSB, UCSB alum, very successful, early employee at SAIC, and and Craig hit it off with them. He he just loved working with mm, them. They're mm. full of energy, good business sense, and they brought Craig on board as the CEO, mm. and. Um, that way, and they, it's a good team fit. But when when the old white guy and I and Craig and I are friends, so I can say that uh, mm. with with love. Hey, some of my best yeah. friends are old white guys, right? Thank but, you. But when you when you, Craig needs to get up and make the pitch to someone right. who expects right. someone who looks like a, at one right. point Craig even had a big bushy white beard. He looked like he had spent his life on a fishing boat. Hmm. It worked really well because it was the right it was the right pitch person right fit the yeah right. it was the but Craig also has good business sense and is able to make sure that 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 uh, the the founding team is is progressing mm. uh, it can't just be because we need someone who looks like the right pitch person we're going to bring someone on board it's and it, it's got to be someone who fits hmm. uh, it's also helpful to start a business like that in a community like Santa Barbara, right. where there are right. lots of entrepreneurs and right. where when they need that tech guy, they can reach out and find one. They're probably two or th- forget about six degrees of Kevin Bacon. It's like yeah. two or three degrees before you find the person. You so, need. so if I'm going to be an entrepreneur, I don't need to be good at both writing code, making my pitch, having a 30 second elevator speech, standing in front of audiences of, of 6,000, also understanding the cultural trends that are currently in the market to know that exactly there's a hole right here or there's going to be a hole because this company's going to go away. I don't need to do all of it? No, but you do, you do need to know what you don't know. Uh-huh. Mm. You, you have to be honest with yourself at all, at all times. So uh, <laughs> I have another example. Um, there's another student from UCSB. I haven't been in Cal Luther in long enough to have too many <laughs> stories from down there. Uh, right? uh, but we're, we're getting there. Um, a, um, a student who, uh, his, his name is Samai Patel. He, he, uh, he, his team won a prize in the, in the new venture competition when he was a sophomore. Mm. And uh, uh, he, that experience led to a deeper discussion about about something that that I, I I'm an angel investor too. I, I I have an issue with cap tables. That's the table that shows who owns what in a startup. Mm. And um, Samai was an accounting accounting and religious studies major. Huh. And um, sounds like an entrepreneur. You know, it's like hey, the books. If the books don't balance, you look skyward. It's your it's your last. <laughs> uh, it's, it's your last. But. Um, so some I like this idea of building something where you could manage cap tables. And he said, well, where can I find a programmer? I said, well, there's Harold Frank Hall. It's full of them. Go find one. And yeah. he went to Harold Frank Hall. He couldn't find one. So he said, what do I do now? And I said, well, I, I have a book on Ruby programming. You want to learn how to program. And he didn't know. So he said, okay. So he took the book away. No kidding. Six months later, he came back with a prototype. No and kidding. I had forgotten. That he wrote all, himself. He wrote himself. And, and I... 
I asked him, so you finally found a programmer? And he said, no, I didn't. I said, well, how did you learn to code? He said, with this book. And I said, seriously? He said, why do you look so surprised? It's your book. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, so but he, he was aware of what he didn't, he didn't understand. And he went and he acquired the skills. And, and now he's actually brought on a, a partner who's, who's uh, another UCSB computer science alum who's a software engineer. But, but he got enough skill at the time he needed it to take the next step. I am shocked at a mentor that would not just do it for them, but instead would hand them a book and tell them to learn themselves. That's really, that seems out of character for a good mentor. It, oh, no, it's, no. Right, I'm absolutely. being facetious. Tongue yeah, in yeah, cheek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it's hard to, so, well, sometimes you do it for them anyway, even yeah. though you know it's not well, a good idea. That's the old, you know, give them a fish or teach them to fish. Right. right. That's what you did, right? Let, yeah. me, let me shift the... Teach them to code or find them a coder. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah had them good. a book on Ruby. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to I want to switch a little bit, and I want to talk about the viability of this region for us getting taken seriously as a a place for startups and business to flourish. Mm -hmm. um, as you know, I mean, everybody thinks it's it's got to be up in the Bay Area or maybe Boulder, or maybe Austin. Yet there there are leading indicators right now that suggest that the 805 region is a new hotbed and. It's funny how people want to put some kind of a, a label on it, call right. it Silicon Beach or something. I don't care about any of that. Is it the 805? Yeah. What's your what, what do you say when someone comes at you and, and suggests that? I, I've had a lot of discussions. I about know you it. have. That's why I want to because the, the again just so you know this show is not just listened to in the 805. So right. half of our listeners are are out of the area. And half of those are out of the country. Yeah, um, we've got forty listeners in Aruba who are listening. Wow, yeah. oh, very nice. Yeah. Very big right. on the beach. Yeah, yeah. we're. Yeah. we're so, I it, the short answer is I don't think we need to do anything. I, I oh. agree with you. I, either the eight hundred five or I, the Central Coast. Right. That's all we need to be. And if you talk to someone from Boulder, I don't know that anybody ever promoted Boulder as a startup community. It just kind of happened. Yeah. What's, what's unique about us is that we have more than one startup community, all within driving distance, yep. uh, all flourishing. Uh, and, and in fact, if I had to point on a startup to a startup community on the Central Coast that I thought was an example to be followed, even more so than Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara is bigger and more successful. It's San Luis Obispo. Right. What, mm -hmm. what uh, the university and the city have done downtown with the hothouse and and I just I'm so jealous. I just read that they uh, they leased apartments downtown near the hothouse so that students can stay right. at the apartments and work on their startups right. mm -hmm. uh, so that they don't have to travel too much. Which is following the Tim Draper model up in San Mateo. I just I think they've been incredibly innovative in San Luis Obispo about how about how they go about their startup community. The the money though will say. You've got to come up and be up here in the valley because mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to find the people that you need or you can't scale. How do, how do you address that? I, to an extent, I like being unknown. Mm. Mm. Why is that? Uh, you go up to the valley and, and there's this, it has to be done tomorrow, uh, hyper competition that, that I think detracts from the process of starting a business sometimes. Mm. It, it, mm. it, it sub-optimizes the, the wandering, if you will. It's got to be done now. Mm. Uh, where I, I think that um, 
I, I would rather be part of a community that maybe moves a little slower, where everybody knows everybody else, right? where uh, the community is not a zero-sum game, mm-hmm. and where there is uh, uh, an embedded sense of, of social responsibility that goes along with the starting of the the business, whatever it is. Would you say that that's an attraction of this region anyway, why people come here? Oh, be- yeah. Right. Yeah. And it, well, plus, there, there's an embedded issue with us. It, it's the same issue in Silicon Valley, but now it's, I think it's just because so many people want to go there is it's expensive to live here. Yeah. And, and when people ask me, you know, what's the biggest issue? More money? More, the, the money's here. The talent is here. Uh, but a lot of the talent can't afford to live here. Or, or they pile into a they pile into a rental house. Mm-hmm. They, it, it's good that you know they move they they go to UCSB. They want to stay and they're willing to continue to live like students to stay. But but it's a shame that that we haven't we haven't come up with some sort of solution uh, like what 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 the Draper family has done in San Mateo is a great example for what I think we need to do. And they did that. That was his foundation that did it. Yeah, it was. I, <laughs> I don't know the, I've heard a couple of stories, but but San Mateo is kind of the, it's one of the overlooked Silicon Valley cities. They mm-hmm, don't have mm-hmm, a marquee mm-hmm. headquarters. Mm-hmm. And Tim bought Tim uh, bought a hotel, of the Ben Franklin Hotel downtown. And huh. he does Draper University in the lobby. And his son, Adam, uh, who's speaking at our center uh, next week uh, as part of the 805 Startups Meetup Group, Adam runs, Adam and his partner, who's from uh, Brayton Williams from uh, Cal Poly, they run a, a, an accelerator called Boost. Mm. But you can, you can go to Silicon Valley, be part of the experience, get your startup going, and you don't have to worry about where to live. Because that's, that's usually, that seems to be the hurdle for a lot of innovation, right. is that, is that I, I have this really great thing, if I could just have enough time free from having to make my rent, right. I could get a lot of stuff done. Right. And, and, but when, you know, 50% of your income is going back towards your rent just to be in the location where you're at, because I mean, Santa Barbara's great because we've got a lot of, of interest yep. from nearby. And so it's like, well, so you hold here, but, yep. but you're, you're, you're burning so much of your capital just to pay your rent compared to Omaha. Exactly. You know, I, I think, yeah. And from the perspective of a, a very early stage investor, I, I think that that's something that needs to change. Yeah. When, when you look at a startup, you look only at the startup. How much capital does it need? And by the way, we expect the founders to go without salary and figure out how to live on their own. And it's only by being a, a witty, clever entrepreneur that you're going to figure that out. I think we need or to Or having at, family support. Right. Or having family sure. support. And I think that needs to change. We yeah. need to look at, all right, th- this is a great business opportunity. I want to invest in it. Let's talk about you. Mm. How, and, and this it's touchy subjects. How much money do you have in your bank account? How much family support do you have? And if, in addition to the investment, we could loan you your living expenses for a year with the understanding that it's going to be paid back from the cash flow of the business once it gets on its feet, maybe not looking for a 10x return, but make, looking to get our money back sooner for a reasonable return, well, would that work better? Yeah, because that would then activate the 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 startup versus right you know them having to try to start at the other direction right but it's that that very early stage where it's not just about the startup it's about the founders that we we tend to gloss over that it's like yeah you figure it out oh it's a filter it's up to them to figure it out other right. you know and it'll wash away all of the less right. committed people and you know you, it's an even bigger problem for the communities in the central coast where 
it, the founder doesn't not only doesn't have any resources, but none of your extended family have any resources. In fact, there's there's an incredible amount of poverty on the Central Coast right. that 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 we that we haven't done anything about either. And and helping helping a person who has no resources whatsoever have a place to live. And uh, and and have some some support and mentorship to get their business started. I I, I think needs to be raised to the the forefront. Sounds like a new American way. It's not new. <laughs> no, it, it's not. It, it's really not because it's it's it 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 really is the American dream. Right. My, my grandparents came here from Greece not not because they thought they were going to live in a mansion someday. It was because of the freedom that they had to do whatever they damn well pleased. Hmm. So, so to me, this is just enabling uh, a, a, another generation of entrepreneurs who are already here and, and need a break. So, Mike, there's this, this support that gets provided to the idea and the person with the idea and all the things they need. We now have nine places, we call them incubators, accelerators, co-working spaces, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And my, my view of it is if, if I like the incubator model when I think about, okay, I, I've got this little egg. Right. What is, right. It, it needs everything. It can't do anything. Yeah. And there's some ways of running these organizations where it's, no, just come and rent some space and then good luck to you. And yeah. maybe you'll bump into smart people at the coffee pot. Yeah. I, I fundamentally think that's, that's not the way to do it, that we really need to incubate. So tell the listener, what's the difference between an accelerator and an incubator. Okay. I'll give you my definition. The, while I, you're I, here, you're the expert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be, let's start with an accelerator first, because I think that's easier. Um, if you if you want to enter an accelerator, you should already have a you should already know who your customer is. You should have a minimum viable product. You should have a team that covers all of the most important skills that you need to have yep. to launch the business. And the accelerator in a 12-week period, what it adds is exactly what its name implies. It helps speed up the process of starting the business. You get Got a little it. bit of education. You get, um, you, you get, uh, you're introduced to mentors and investors who are likely to be interested in your startup. And you, you get a you get a boost. Boost is the name of Adam Draper's uh, ah, accelerator. Uh, the the accelerator that I know that 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 um, that I look at as an example is Amplify in L.A. That has a very good track record for that. Um, now let's contrast that with an incubator. Now, if you look at it to use the chick incubator as yep. an example, you might, you can sit there and stare at the egg, at the eggs for forever, and it looks like nothing's happening. Mm. It, can take a long time. Incubating a company, to me, a company that need, needs to be incubated doesn't have a minimum viable product, doesn't have any one of these. No minimum viable product, doesn't know exactly who their customer is, uh, doesn't have a complete team, doesn't have investors, and it's going to take time for them to figure it out. Uh, it could take a year. It could take two um, when you get to three, I think it's probably time to throw in the towel. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. it, but you have to keep showing progress. But it, it just takes more time. Um, I've been an angel investor for six years. Uh, I, I just had my first exit. Hallelujah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I've had a couple die. And the rest are somewhere in between. And, and um I was told when I – I'm a member of Tech Coast Angels. I was told when I, when I started – 
know, expect, expect the money to be out for five years. And, and uh, over time, I've learned that, the, that not only <laughs> you write the first check, then they come back a year later and ask for more. Yes. And it's not five years. It's six, seven, ten or more while, the, while they, they could be figuring it out. Let's talk about that early money for a second. Um, so I was with someone who's been around a lot of these kinds of competitions, and he is very anti-early money. Mm-hmm. And his, you know, he ran his business for 18 years until they took money. And then they took a bunch of money, didn't spend a penny of it. They needed the optics of having taken money right. at that point. <laughs> right. It's just, what a lucky thing to, to, to need. Right. <laughs> I didn't, didn't, it was, you know, uh, 500 million bucks and didn't touch a penny of it. Yeah. Um, and then had a great exit. But in his mind, it was 18 years of bootstrapping and doing it with customer money right off the bat. Right. What do you, what do you say to that guy who says, no, I want to see you go out and get customers and get cash flow and get to your point with the acceleration, you know, I have customers, I have a team, I have all of that. Mm-hmm. Do you have a take on that point of view? Uh, th- the best, the cheapest money for your business is the cash flow it generates. It's customer business, customer yeah. money. And to the extent that you can do that, that's what you should do. Uh, in an instance where it's for optics, yeah, sure. But I, 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 I think that there's too much... There's too much focus on, I need to get in front of a venture capitalist. Right. Well, that's the point. When, if you look at the numbers, and I haven't looked at them recently, but the, the, uh, the amount of capital that comes from VCs is not that big compared to the, the total amount of, of money that goes into business. In, in fact, the, the biggest piece of the pie, I'll bet, if you looked, is from friends and family and from, mm, and mm, from mm, the founders. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, so the... Um, the more that you can do on your own, the better off you are. And, and on top of that, um, founders are conditioned to pitch an exit that I'm building this company to sell. Right, right, and, right. and that that is totally totally antithetical to the way I was taught about a business. You, you, you're, you, you build a business so that it runs forever. Right. And, and, and that, it, it, you know, the exit is when you're in a casket and your kids are picking up, picking up the, the, right. the business or the investment. So that, the, to me, I'm a big fan of Brad Feld, too, who wrote sure. Startup Communities sure. and who, uh, it's about Boulder, but I think when he wrote it, Santa Barbarans looked at it and said you could take out Boulder and put in Santa Barbara, and right. it's pretty much the same story. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, I, I think that... Um, I think that a five-year view is not a long-term view when it comes to entrepreneurs and to, uh, specifically uh, uh, startup communities. It's more like 25. But is that because the angels and the VCs have gotten uh, greedy over over mass successes where there is that 10x return, uh, 100x return? That, that's not entirely accurate. Okay. It, it, it's, it, keep in mind, especially VCs, the, the money that VCs are investing are coming from big institutions and their big numbers and they don't necessarily want to lose their money. It's also a, a fallacy that that these early early stage investors are totally uh, totally turn their their shoulders to risk. Uh, that the exact opposite is true. Um, and when it comes to early investing, um, you have to be prepared when when you write the check to never right. see the money again. Right. Uh, and you have to be doing it for reasons other than just a return on investment. I want to talk now, I want to ask a question about mentoring, because mm-hmm. I think mentoring is, is critically important and can, can make all the difference in the world. 
how, how does, and I want to, now I want to speak from the point of being a mentor. Mm-hmm. What are the three key attributes you look for when you're seeking out mentors for your students? I'm going to quote Brad Feld again. Give okay. one of Brad's credos, and, and to me, this is more important than any other. Give first. You give to the community without expectation of a return. It, it's not giving back. It's just giving. And uh, what's important for a mentor, first and foremost, is you should not be there for self-interest. Hmm. You should not be there because you're looking for the me- next big deal or because you want to connect to a couple of college students where you can be the CEO of their next startup. Hmm. You're there to help them based on your experience. Is that an 80-20 rule for you that when they come in, you you have dis- you, as many disqualifying questions as you have qualifying questions? Yeah, and, it, and it's also, it's not a, it's not a black and white thing. So th- th- we, we fully expect that mentors, that some mentors will connect with students and want to do something with them. But... Um, but we expect that they, they, they come into the experience first uh, prepared just to share what they know with, with the mm-hmm, founder. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two would be uh, uh, a, a mentor-mentee relationship is not about you telling them what to do. Hmm. This happens with my, my, a lot of angel investors I know as well. We say we want, we want the founders to be coachable. And that's code for I want them to do what I say. <laughs> <laughs> because we're all alpha males and females right. and we're used to being in charge. And, and when you're a mentor, you have to step back and, and you're more of a coach. My dad was a football coach, so, oh. so I got to see this firsthand. Sometimes you got to holler at them and, and get them back in line, but a lot of time you're there just to make sure that they don't veer too far from the path. But it's okay to veer from the path because they may be somewhere that you don't you sure. don't know. Sure, They have to improvise. They yeah. have to deal with what's coming at them and move to the right or the left. And hopefully what how you coach them and practice right. gets them through that rather than you running out and pointing. Well, they also you, – you, you also have to um, – uh, you have to be comfortable with the fact that may, they may see something that you don't. Mm. That, that sometimes the... the Back the down- to vision. Right. Mm-hmm. But the downside of wisdom, I, I, I like to find mentors who, are, who have wisdom. They've, they've got a lot of experience. It's beyond just experience, though. They're able to look at a situation and pick out the two or three things that are most important. But wisdom sometimes blinds you to innovation mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you've seen so much and, and you've had so much success that you don't see the next big thing coming. Is it fair to say that that's the yes, but as opposed to the yes and? Yes, absolutely. What's the third thing? Uh, the third thing is uh, is a lo- is is you're in it for the long haul, just like the entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a lot of folks who are interested in mentoring because they're in between jobs or they're recently retired and they want to try it out, uh, but. If you make a connection with uh, a founder, it, it's, it becomes a long-term relationship. And it, um, it's something that you can't give up on. It's something that you can't if, – if they, if they email or call you with a question, you have, you have to respond. You can't just decide, all right, well, I tried that. I'm, I'm not into it anymore. I don't want to do it. It's something that uh, the best mentors I've come across keep coming back for more. Hmm. How else can that. I help? Yeah. I love that. I – um, I, we could talk about mentoring for days and days. It's um, so, and we all have that one pivotal conversation or that person who's kind of always there. I've got a guy who 
15 years later still will call me on a key decision just not for me to tell him what to do it's here's an opportunity what do you think and and usually the only information I have is what he told me and I so I just say it back to me goes oh yeah and it's like so sometimes yeah. we just we just need that Mike thank you so much you're for, welcome for, this was wonderful this is um, we'd like to invite you back um, I've sure. enjoyed our our friendship over the years and same the, here relationship we have with California Lutheran. Um, how do people find out about the Center for Entrepreneurship? Uh, we Our URL is too long. It's <laughs> www.toolong.com. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one's probably taken. And it may not be the kind of website you want to go to anyway. Uh, but, Thank um, you, Mike. It's, it's www.callutheran.edu slash entrepreneurship. Okay, and we'll have that in the show note. Thank you. And and we have our next event is um, is Tuesday, November 10th. We have Oli Eichhorn, who's the founder of eyesfinder.com, which is a, a Westlake Village startup. And then uh, 805, I'd encourage uh, people to go to 805 Startups, the meetup group, and join that group as well. The founder of 805 Startups, Alon Gorin, has the best networking events. We're going to have him on the show in January. Okay, yeah. So and he's got Adam Draper coming uh, next week at our center. The um, the the college is the, you know the sponsor of this show, but it was the a conversation two years ago where Gerhardt, you know, I saw the passion that they have and what they what where they see the role of the university in the community, and I was so aligned with that. I said, well, we've got to work, and you guys have been great supporters of 805 Connect, and invited us down, and and so. Uh, for the listener, if you go to 805connect.com, if you sign up in our newsletter, we're always promote, helping to promote the events. They're always interesting. They're absolutely worth the drive. And we're always, you know, so send me a note and you can drive with me because I love, I love going down. So, Mike, thank you so much. You're we welcome. appreciate it. And um, one of the, the last pieces of business is that we know that a great title for this episode will get it more will people will listen to it more because mm -hmm. they'll they may have heard about us through some other show uh, one other episode mm -hmm. and then they go look in the back catalog and they just scan just like anything else and so we need a really great title and you get first dibs on that what do you think we first should dibs call this? yeah you on the first title dibs. yeah oh man you, you dig into your inner marketing guy I love watching the guests come up with it, different dodges of how will I give myself 10 extra seconds <laughs> to think about this okay so, so I I need, you need to go to a dictionary for this because I, I it may be a horrible name. Even it may better, not. yeah. Founding fodder, F O D D E R, is in cannon fodder. Yeah. The stuff you put in the cannon before you shoot the cannonball off. Uh -huh. Great. So, so a lot of what we talked about was early stage startups. That stuff you put in behind the startup to to, to launch it. I love that. That's see, I knew you'd figure Founding that out. Founding fodder. Every, everyone, everyone the biggest does. Tip. We're also looking for a name for our co work space at the center. So if anyone has any good ideas, tweet them. Oh, how about Facebook? Or Facebook. No, uh, no, I mean, oh. call it Facebook. Call it Facebook? <laughs> if, I, if I had a nickel for everyone who thinks they invented Facebook, <laughs> I'd be retired. Uh, it's, a, it's a network of socialness uh, platform. One of my, fa just one last thing, one of my favorite uh, movie clips of all time related to entrepreneurship is from The Internship, that movie where, where uh, Vince Vaughn and right. Owen Wilson are interns at Google. Yeah. When the, the bit where Vince Vaughn is trying to explain his startup idea and it's Instagram. <laughs> Oh. And and these twenty somethings are all trying to explain to him that it's Instagram, and he doesn't. He's oblivious to it. It's just I, I cry generational perfectness. Yeah. 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 What'd you call that? Generational perfectness. 
I love that. That's our official buzzword bingo for today. Generational perfectness. Well, thanks again to California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services and our podcasting partner, Pull String Press. And I love working here and I love the conversations that we have. And Cielo24, who provides the searchable captions for our show. 805 Project is supported by partners and sponsors throughout the region. We want to thank them as well. If you'd like to know how you could support our project, go to 805connect.com. Click on the Partners link right next to the podcast link. Listen and learn about what we do for the region. Now, Patrick, how could people actually specifically help this show? So this show specifically is best helped by your input and feedback and critical. Uh, be as hard on us as, uh, as possible. Send us all of the information, the things we missed, the questions we didn't ask those guests uh, that were just buzzing around in your head the entire time. Uh, send that information over to Mark uh, via mark at 805connect.com. I'm trying to get it. I'm practicing it. There you go. And um, I know that you probably just got off your phone, off the phone with your mother, and uh, and I applaud you for calling your moms on such a regular basis. So now it's time to take it to the next level. Surprise her with some flowers. Oh, I love it. It's not even Mother's Day. No, just, no, do it for Tuesday. Just send her some flowers on a Tuesday. We all love our moms, right? We need that support. I would love to hear from you personally as well. A lot of you are are writing, and I thank you so much. Mark at 805connect.com. If you've got an idea of someone we should talk to, you've met someone, you had an interesting conversation, you were at a an event and you saw someone who really inspired you or you learned something new you think others in the region would like to know I would like to know so I could invite them onto the show so until next time this is Mark Sylvester your host for 805 Conversations